Hello and welcome to Connected episode 292. It's made possible this week. Hello. Stop. I haven't introduced you yet. <laughs> Calm down. I'm so excited. It's the big 292. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, StoryWorth, Pingdom, and Sanebox. This is an even episode, so that means Federico is blessed to go first. Hello. Hello. Uh, that's not... He's, he's breaking the rules already. <laughs> I am. He's feisty today. You can't stop me. That's why I just finished my coffee before we started. Uh, so I, I was literally about to mention this. When he gets coffee, he gets all excited. I'm on the bomb. So it's so cute when he does this. Caffeine energizes people. This is how most people use caffeine in their lives, not just to stay alive like you. Like It's just like a, a constant flow of caffeine through your body. Caffeine is headache prevention. But that, for me. I yes. have served espresso, double espressos to Federico at like 10 p.m. Yeah, like this fine. is a thing I have done. A lot of people do it. A lot of like it's, I it, completely understand that like if you drink as much espresso as you do, like you will fine with that. But if I drank coffee at 10 p.m., I would be awake until the next morning, like 100 percent. Well, it's not much. I, I, but like, I used to be very bad years ago. You were like, worrying. Like, I remember being yes. worried about mm -hmm. you. There was like a ten espresso a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Federico. That, was, that was bad. It was. I yes. was like also six or seven years ago. Now, mm -hmm. if I have four, it's like what is the that? Four double espressos? No, no, no. Well, what do you mean by double? Well, okay, so you know you have with the coffee machine, and I don't know the actual terms. And there's, but you, and there's like you put, two things that come out of... Yes, if you so it put all of that into one cup, that's a double espresso. So um, I, I guess Maybe. when I do four, depends. I ah. do two double, and the other two I share with Silvia. So... Okay, so two doubles, two singles. This is very yeah. basic. There's like a lot of like depending on how much coffee you put in and all sure. that. But like we're just like there is a there there is of course like as people are pointing out in the chat like ounces. But like I think we can just say that that's two doubles. I will have typically one double, and I will either have two doubles a day or I will have one double and two singles. But they're in okay. like with milk and stuff. Oh no no no. No milk. Um, I know you don't have milk, but that's but just sugar. A but thing. I do put in sugar. Though. You do put it, in sugar. See, I put I no sugar in my coffee. I just put milk in my coffee. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, yes. Uh, thank you, Stephen. Hi. How Stephen, are you? when was the last time you <laughs> had coffee? It's been years. Do you? Where, how much caffeine do you consume? I, re I I'm pretty sure that Reagan used to be president. <laughs> <laughs> right. right? <laughs> it's so interesting to me, like these these like different Stevens that I've known. Mm -hmm. Right, like I've known like a Stephen who used to drink alcohol. Yeah, I've known that. a Stephen that used to drink coffee all the time. I don't know, maybe Jimmy Carter actually. Yeah, it's like since the car <laughs> administration. Yeah, but like since you know, Kennedy. it's just interesting. You you're 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 a for change man in many ways. Yeah, I know? have a soda sometimes with some caffeine, Ooh. and then things get weird because I don't have very they much do. caffeine anymore. So we're we gonna like do the show or? Now, now that Hello. I think about it, actually, I think it was Lyndon Johnson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> LBJ is the LBJ presidency. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Yes, Stephen. This is a podcast. This is <laughs> Talk about an unfortunate president, right? Like LBJ, just like no one wants to be the LBJ. Wow. Right. What? Wasn't? Didn't LBJ become president after Kennedy? Yes, he did. According yeah. to Wikipedia, he did. Yeah, it's like what an unfortunate <laughs> presidency, right? Like. 
you are going to be president now because the president just got assassinated. Good luck. Mm. So, like, you have that to worry about, and nobody really wants you to be president. Everyone just wants Kennedy back. So, go for it. Yeah. On The Crown, the Netflix show about about the, the Queen, which is fantastic, the LBJ Kennedy thing is, is done very well. I enjoyed that part. Anyway, should we actually do no one's no one's stopping me now? So I Well, I haven't should... introduced I haven't introduced you yet, so we're also joined by Mike Curley. This is all happening Hello. before your introduction. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> this is all in canon. It's a now, long... That was all Federico's introduction. <laughs> Hi Mike. Let's do follow up. Hello. Let's do follow up. Let's do follow up. The Hackett number has appeared in PCALC. If you're not familiar with PCALC, shame on you. It is a wonderful calculator application for your Macintosh professional, your iPad professional, your iPhone 11 professional Macs. And James Thompson, friend of the show, friend of humanity, really. Mm -hmm. Especially now. A a father figure to us all, has put the Hackett number into Mm PCALC as a constant Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. it is spectacular, but it has raised a lot of questions that I think we need to address. Just, I have, I have a question before you even start the questions. Okay, can any of us explain a constant? No. Well, so, it's, yes. so remember, <laughs> <No>. remember. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. I got, it, I got. It. So, have you ever, have you ever watched Lost, the TV the show? The collective noise from the two of you was amazing. <laughs> 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 have you ever watched Lost, the TV show? No, no. So in that show, Desmond was the constant. Uh, so Spoilers. he was the only character. He was the only. Well, yes, this is a spoiler for Lo- for Lost. If you've never seen the show, Desmond, mm. uh, Desmond Hume, I believe was the name, was the only constant in that he was basically able to travel through time, and his character was the only mm. one that was like connecting these two separate timelines. You You're only mm. making it more confusing. Because so, neither uh, of us have seen the show. Look, that's my like. That's the only thing I know about constants is that they're like Desmond from Lost. My understanding of constants, which is I don't have it, but if I was going to assume, it is these unchangeable things. Okay, right? I guess like they're Desmond, constant. like Desmond. Yeah, yeah. So it raises yeah. questions, but in PCAC, there's some other weird constants. And before we talk about mine, Mike, I think we should talk about yours. Oh, what the 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 weight of the rock? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the exact weight of Dwayne the Rock Johnson as he approached the ring for WrestleMania 17 against Stone Cold Steve Austin. Cool. <laughs> it's, I mentioned it last time. Me and James and CGP Gray had a very long conversation over a dinner or a conference where we effectively got him to add this as like the mass of a rock, so you could like see about if you dropped the rock into an ocean rather than the rock into mm-hmm. a lake or whatever, yeah. what difference it would make. So the the and so as the person who wanted the rock to be a constant, I got to choose which version of Dwayne the Rock Johnson to pick, and that was the one that I picked. Yeah, I'm just gonna say that if you don't have Peacock. Uh, you must hate numbers, and if you hate numbers, then you hate the universe. Therefore, if you don't buy Peacock, you must hate the universe. You know? So this is my recommendation for Peacock. The Hackett number has found its way into Peacock, as we had hoped. It is now a constant. Um, Now, we've had a lot of questions about what if Stephen changes his computer ownership, which is definitely Mm -hmm. going to happen. Has already happened, or has already happened. Really? Yeah, someone mailed me a uh, MacBook Pro. I got it two days ago. Oh, my God. But so now we have to calculate 
not we don't have to, but if we wanted to calculate Stephen's Hackett number, it would be a variation of the Hackett number. Right. The Hackett number of 20.6, which is now equal to 1, is the definitive Hackett number at that point. So even Stephen will have to even Stephen. Even Stephen will have to judge himself against the Hackett number in the future. Correct? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, the 20.6 is a fixed entity. That's what a constant means, probably. I guess it would be like if you got like another 20 computers or whatever, you sure. would have to do you'd have to work out your current computer per person, mm-hmm. then divide it by the Hackett number to find out your Hackett number maybe? I don't know. Sure. Who knows how math works, but... No one. Yes. It's literally unknowable. Only James. Yes, but everybody should download pCalc to calculate their own Hackett number. So you can com- count all the, ha- the computers in your house, divide it by the amount of people, and then you can work out your own Hackett number based on the Hackett number. It's beautiful. Beautiful thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Another wonderful thing happened out of last episode. Millsap on Twitter created the Scrooge McDuck intro movie but with me diving into a pile of computers can i just ask you to say that again why i just (laughs) want to hear if you say say it the same way what did i get wrong just say it like the same just say it read it millsap on twitter yeah the scrooge mcduck of computers Mm, okay because it sounded like you said Maduck, and I just wondered if you thought Maduk. that that was how Maduk. that was pronounced. Scrooge like, Maduck? The Maduck. Maduck. Uh, Maduck. <laughs> it's like, that's not that. That's just like, it's like Marty yeah. McFly. Yeah. yeah, he's Maduck. Yeah. <laughs> because in, in, in England, places in England, like Maduck is like a nice, like, like ah, you know, like look at, like a friendly thing you might say to someone, like a, a friendly waterfowl. <laughs> Anyways, this tweet is spectacular. I've watched it, it a thousand good. times. Yeah, it is exactly what I had described, which is Stephen jumping into a vault full of computers. The best part it's is beautiful. is the splash is a set of Mac Pro wheels and a bunch of iPhone five Cs. <laughs> Yep. It's, it's so really, good. really good. Oh my it's god, really I just noticed that. That's yeah. so good. It's very good. It's spectacular. We do good work here, boys. We do good work here each week. Federico, tell us about AirPod Pro professional tips. Comply, the makers of the popular foam tips for all kinds of of earbuds have now announced and released um, the Comply Foam Tips compatible with AirPods Pro. So there's nothing revolutionary about these tips. They're basically foam tips that are designed to work with AirPods Pro. So in theory, they will have a custom attachment that will fit the AirPods Pro, and you can get them in three sizes, or you can get the the three-size pack uh, with small, medium, and large. Um, I bought them immediately, is what I'm going to say. I bought the uh, the, the three-pack with all the sizes because I'm not sure which mm. one I will actually prefer. I feel like I made a mistake. I didn't know you could do that. I just bought the medium. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's because you don't like reading. On well, no, I web. did read. I read the page because the page says, whatever you're using right now, yes. just use those. So that's what I read. Mm. Sure. But also, you know, there's always the chance that we foam... That may be different than However, usual. I did read that they have a guaranteed fit program. So if, it, if they don't fit me, they'll send me more. 
So. Okay. okay, that's cool. That's cool. So these are so coming. I read lots I believe... of things except the one important thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so these are coming by the end of the month, and uh, for the record, I'm still using the uh, foam method that I oh, uh, yeah? described in December. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I still have my sort of hybrid silicon and memory foam tips that I use with the AirPods Pro. I still like having this sort of hybrid solution, but I'm really looking for. I'm really looking forward to the HomePlay tips. Now. Foam tips, of course, uh, the big downside is that you got to change them every few months because, you know, you can try to rub alcohol on them to, to, to clean them, but, you know, eventually just, you know, they turn kind of gross because they're not as washable as silicone tips. So, uh, the, I mean, that's one of the downsides of foam tips. Yeah. Some people also don't like the way that it feels inside their ears when they have foam tips, so... These are not a solution for everybody, but if you're the kind of person who finds uh, foam tips much more comfortable than silicone tips, or if you're having trouble um, fitting the silicone tips inside your ears because maybe they keep falling out of your ears, uh, this is, you know, Comply is a well-known brand. And I know that other foam tips exist on Amazon and eBay, but those are like brands that I've never heard of before, whereas I can vouch for Comply because I have a, I have a, I'm actually opening my drawer now, I have like, Three boxes of Comply tips for my other Sony so a lot of uh, earbuds. Tips. So yeah, I'm a, I'm like a Comply professional. I'm, I'm not a, like a subscriber, but I'm a I'm a recurring customer of Comply. So this is not an it's not a sponsor thing. It's just I really like foam tips. I'm a I'm a foam foam influencer. I'm a I'm a foam influencer. Yes. <laughs> 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 I just really like foam, man. It's 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 what a do you good. Ma- from me? It's a good material. It's yeah. you know, it's it's yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have, as I mentioned, I have purchased this. I made the cardinal mistake, though. I think Steve, uh, I think Federico, well, you made this mistake. So when Comply announced this, they were like, "Hey, oh, sign my. up for our email <laughs> newsletter, and Bad you'll find out mistake. when these launch." <laughs> and there were two problems with this. One. They launched them before, <laughs> like like the, the day before, the, the day without before. emailing anyone. <laughs> so <laughs> it was pointless. But also, in 24 hours, I received five marketing emails from oh. them. It was just so many. Like, who is doing it? You know what? I see this stuff sometimes. And it's how I realize, you know, when you see people that have like 26,000 Unread emails. Yeah, like John. It's because they subscribe to yeah, to they subscribe to email <laughs> newsletters like this, right? That email them like ten times a week, like twenty times a week, but they just don't do anything about it. They just let it happen, right? So it's just whatever. They don't care, like because I I can't work out like anyone that tries to stay in control of their email inbox would allow for a company to email them five times a day. A day! And it felt like there was no end to it. It wasn't like a welcome email thing. It was just like continued marketing emails about other stuff. It's like suddenly now your life is all about foam. Let (laughs) us tell you how you become a foam influencer. (laughs) (laughs) Signing up for our comprehensive email newsletter. Every minute, every minute, every day, you're going to be thinking about one thing, and that thing is foam. (laughs) (laughs) If Federico is the foam influencer, maybe he's the one sending the emails. Oh. What if it's like my side gig sending emails about foam? Yeah. When I'm not writing shortcuts, I'm emailing people about foam they can put in their ear canals. That's what I do. Mm, Big foam boy. Mm -hmm. I don't like this at all. (laughs) All right, let's take a break. 
Thank you. <laughs> no, no, it's just kind of gross talking about people's years for so long. Jeez. Stick a break already. Thank you. It's grossing me out. Yeah. This episode. <laughs> I mean, imagine the person sending all those emails. Is, they're going to be thinking about years and foam all day long. All the time. Just like all <sighs> foam. Do you think they were in college when Apple did the earpods video and johnny i was like we studied five billion sets of ear you know remember that video it's like it's really hard and they Is thought that your english accent and they thought i can do better and then they became the foam fluencer and also like let's just face it i mean ears are weird right like as a as a, as a body part like ears yes. are, are weird because also like the the older you get and your ears keep growing yeah, like ears and noses the, yeah I don't know. Ears are just gross and weird, kind of and floppy, they, they, and they're floppy and they never stop growing. Mm-hmm. I just, it just, I don't know. You can pierce them if you want to. Sure. I used to have earrings. You can pierce anything. You try hard enough. You can, you can cut them. I, I guess if you if you really dislike them, please don't do that. It's dangerous. Or you can study them like uh, Comply does. That's true. Mm-hmm. So anyway, please take a break. <laughs> I have so much editing to do. <laughs> I just wanted to say, by the way, that dog ears, TJ, are absolutely fine. Dog ears are perfect. Actually, I wish that... There are seven dog ears for every human ear. Uh, <laughs> 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 what? I wish that people had dog ears. Like, we would be so much better with dog ears instead of human ears. I get that. Those are so much better. No, honestly. I don't think so. I think so. I do believe so. No, I'm going to Google human with dog ears and see how that pans out. <laughs> please do that. Steven, can you please take a break already? Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you, Federico, that does not pan out very well in Google Image Search. <laughs> oh, let me no. tell you that. Yeah. This episode of Connected is brought to you by SaneBox. Whittling your inbox down to zero is it's basically impossible, right? We all get a ton of email. About sign foam. Up to newsletters about foam, about dogs. And sometimes the really important stuff, the emails that really matter, they get lost in the shuffle. That's where SaneBox comes in. A message arrives and SaneBox will triage it for you, sorting the important emails separate from the noise. It will put what matters in your inbox with all the distracting stuff into your Sane Later folder, which lets you deal with what's important right now and review everything else when it suits you. SaneBox also has nifty features like the Sane Black Hole, where you can drag messages from annoying senders or brands to to this folder and you never hear from them again. It's it's fantastic. There's also Sane Reminders, which I use a lot, to notify you if someone hasn't replied to your email by a certain date. So if I email John about a story and I want to hear back by Thursday, I can set that up and Sane Reminders will tell me, hey, it's Thursday, John hasn't replied to you, and then I can uh, go find John. Best of all, you can use SaneBox with any email client or phone. It works wherever you check your email. You're not locked into some sort of special app. It all just works. I've been using SaneBox for years, and honestly, I can't imagine my email without it. It is so great to have things that I need to stay in my inbox and everything else just waiting for me at the end of the day in Sane later so I can go deal with them when I want to. See how SaneBox can work its magic to remove distractions from your inbox by getting a free two-week trial right now. 
Visit SaneBox.com slash connected right now to start your free trial, and you'll also receive a $25 credit. That's SaneBox, S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash connected. Our thanks to SaneBox for their support of this show, keeping our email manageable, and uh, everything else they do for Relay FM. Real-time follow-up. Oh, boy. We have some hack at Groffs. Okay. Sent in by Kate. So Kay actually started this work uh, yesterday. She uh, did some historic Hackett number calculations based on uh, some answers in your How Big Is Your Collection video from YouTube Mm. Q&A stuff. And so in 2018, you had 47 computers. So your Hackett number was 0.456. So then in 2019, it's like uh, 63 Wait, I'm confused now. Oh, and the, oh my, it was a 2019 answer as well, where it's 63, so it's 0.612. And then Kate has plotted these on a graph to see how the Hackett number has continued over time to where it is today, including both the Hackett number and the extended Hackett number, which is the, like, remember we said that including all peripherals and stuff? And then Kate has followed up while we were recording today by increasing it. Again, because you've continued to increase your computer usage. The chat room thinks that we should have another child to bring the number down. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's a good idea. Uh-uh. I think it's a Aww. fantastic idea, personally. <laughs> I think you should do it, Stephen. Um, you should consider the option. Um, by the way, anything that you put, like when you put anything on a graph, it looks mm-hmm. so professional, like it looks yes. so real. Like you could take any information make a graph out of it, and it will look mm-hmm. real. That's mm-hmm. my theory, at least. Yeah. So, uh, real-time follow-up. Oh. Also, from me this time. Nice. iOS 13.4.5 is now known as iOS 13.5. So, the next major update, it's called 13.5, and 13.5 Beta 3 is out. And it contains the COVID-19 exposure notifications feature. That's why they bumped it up to a full number. They bumped it up to a full yeah. number. It's out now. It's installing on my phone at the moment. Uh, but there are some screenshots already going around on Twitter. Um, and yeah, there's a toggle uh, under a new section of settings called COVID-19 exposure notifications. Uh, where it explains how the random IDs are de- deleted after 14 days. Um, by the way, this is the joint effort that we previously talked about uh, with Apple and Google collaborating to That's enable this. We haven't this, spoke um, about it. Really? Yeah, we planned. We, well, we I, mentioned I, it. I think the amount that we spoke about it was go listen to another show. Oh, yeah. But so yes. we spoke about it. So Yeah, yeah it we, came up. You know. Technically, we spoke about it. <laughs> Technically, words come out of our mouths um, mentioning that topic. So, yeah, this is now out in the beta. 13.5 is the new version number. And you can, if, you're, if you have a developer account, you can install it now. It's likely going to come wow. out tomorrow. iOS 13.5 makes it easier to skip Face ID if you're wearing a mask. With this change, Face ID can detect if you're wearing a mask and skip directly to the passcode screen. Oh. That is a very that is interesting a and cool feature. I like that. That's clever. That's very clever. Very nicely done. So mm. um this is very nice actually. Is this the first first time we've had a 0.5 iOS release? I was trying to think. I, I think, think it may be. Um, maybe. Who could maybe? Know? 
Uh, what is very nice is that I, I don't know if I mentioned this on Connected before or not, but in this beta cycle, what is now known as 13.5, um, there was also a fix for shortcuts that basically, if you're using MusicBot, my very complex um, Apple Music Assistant shortcut, mm-hmm. you can now share again from the Music app to MusicBot in the share sheet and it will not crash. So I was very happy to see that fix. Uh, I think it was in the previous beta. So hopefully, the fix is still in today's uh, beta, um, but I was very happy to see that. Now I can use MusicBot from the Music app again. Um, and now I'm installing this 13.5. We'll see what's new besides uh, the exposure notifications and easier face ID. And that's my real-time follow-up, Stephen. Back to you or back to Michael. I don't know. I would like to just thank you, Federico, for the command and full stop uh, keyboard shortcut that you oh. recommended last time, which replaces the escape key on iOS. I've been using that a bunch. It was a thing that I didn't know existed uh, until now. Yeah. I-, I first discovered this when I think it was 2018, mm-hmm. when things by the task manager, by Culture Code, they added this extensive keyboard navigation and they mentioned to me, by the way, if you want to use any um, like uh, if you want to use any esque escape um, feature, there's this uh, system wide keyboard shortcut that is command period and it works everywhere, not just in things. And I was like, oh, thanks, I didn't know that, and I just kept that in the back of my mind for so long that it just mm-hmm. I just thought that um, everybody knew, but I guess not because of, like you, I've received many other replies on Twitter saying thank you for command full stop. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're welcome. Didn't know that. Yeah. Mike, let's talk a little bit about Backstage. So I'm going to put a, a link in the show notes to everything, but you can go to relay.fm slash Backstage, right? And that's where you'll find out a bunch of information about the show, and you can subscribe to become a Relay FM member. If you do subscribe to become a Relay FM member or add Backstage to your existing membership, like if you pay for that too, it goes to helping support the day-to-day here at Relay FM. Obviously, we're like every other company on the planet battling different and new challenges right now, so your support is as... Uh, welcome now as it's ever been and so we would really appreciate it but we wanted to provide more content for our Relay FM members and Backstage is one of these things and we're going to basically take every month a different part of the podcast creation process and go through it in depth so on the first episode we talk about how to come up with a topic and then on our next episode we're going to talk about co-hosts and guests and how you would find them we're taking questions from our audience uh, from all of you Uh, especially from backstage listeners themselves uh, to try and give people the the advice that they may want when it comes to starting podcasts of their own. And so if you go to relay.fm slash backstage, you can find out more. You can become a Relay FM member and help support us. But if you are a Relay FM member supporting any show, uh, if you want to support this one, you will also get this as part of the Relay FM uh, membership overall. Uh, but it, So it's not a separate subscription, but if you do subscribe that way, it actually just goes to helping us run the company as opposed to necessarily going out to host of shows and stuff like that. When you do that episode, you should call it Fantastic Guests and Where to Find Them. I love that so much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're welcome. You have the title already. Yeah, we Perfect. do. Thank Very you. Clearly. Yeah, it's really an exciting show. Recording episode one was a lot of fun. I'm already looking forward yeah. to doing uh, next month's. And yeah, I think it's fun to walk through the process and what it takes. And and already we've had questions from people that 
I wouldn't have necessarily thought about, even though we've sort of lived it, mm-hmm. haven't thought about things in this way or that way necessarily on their own. And so it's been it's been fun for the two of us to go through this as well. Yeah. Yeah. So please go sign up and go check it out or just you know go check out that first episode and, and see if it's right for you see if it's something that you want uh and i, I bet you're gonna love it and you can find everything there in our show notes today. yeah i'll make it a, a that that a b-sides to this episode of connected so it's really easy to find okay i want to talk a little bit about the magic keyboard uh most people who have reviewed them so far ended up with the uh the bigger of the two the 12.9 that's the one that y'all have it's what reviewers got sent uh, but I use an 11-inch iPad Pro, and I wanted to talk about that experience uh, a little bit. And I know this is like follow forward because the show's not out, but I know this week on Adapt, Federico, you and Ryan are going to talk about the differences between the two, which I'm looking forward to hearing. Yeah. Because Ryan is one of the only mad lads who actually bought the whole kit and caboodle, right? He's got all of it. Oh, it he bought everything. It's it's a wild, <laughs> it's a wild episode actually. Like he's, he's actually, yeah. This is coming out uh, tomorrow on Thursday, so check it out because he he has a uh, he has some thoughts, and I think the 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 final answer may surprise you. So yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, like make sure to listen. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a specific part when Ryan describes is what he's using to balance the iPad on his lap that I please go listen to that. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm very concerned. <laughs> yes, you should be. <laughs> I might have just uh, help myself to that file early. <laughs> so the, the 11 inch, it is, I think a, a fairly different experience in the 12.9 from what I can tell. Uh, I will say off the bat, I agree with everything y'all said last week about the bit, the build quality uh, the angles, how we wish there was more flexibility in the viewing angles, the keyboard being good, a backlight being awesome. I agree with all of you, like all of those statements. Um, but I'll say the 11-inch really does feel cramped in a way that I, I didn't expect. Best I can tell, the main keycap, so all the letters and everything, are the same size between the two keyboards. But the other keys, shift, delete, you know, brackets, that sort of thing, are all smaller. Now, side-by-side, it's actually very close to the 11-inch smart keyboard folio the outgoing model but i think it feels worse here because you your fingers and brain are tricked in thinking that it's a laptop because well a it is um, a laptop but it the keys are so similar to what's on the macbook pro and the macbook air it feels weird to have sort of that overlaid the ipad experience and my guess is the 12.9 feels more spacious because it's because it is and that it feels more like a laptop keyboard than maybe the the 11. It's not that it's bad. It's not that it's worse than the smart keyboard folio, but I think it's more noticeable on the right. on the Magic Keyboard. I feel the same way about the trackpad. I like using the trackpad. Uh, I had reduced motion turned on on my iPad. And I don't want to turn it. I don't want to. I had that off. I don't want to turn it back on. So I do miss some of like the crazy animations, but um, mine's a simplified experience. But the trackpad feels good. It is loud. The click is way louder than I expected, which is something y'all said. But on the 11, it feels pretty small. Like if you're going to scroll vertically, say that you load up a long web page and you want to scroll top to bottom, you're picking up your fingers and moving them again quite a bunch, a, a lot more than I expected. Okay. I think it's partially that we're all spoiled by you know the external Magic trackpad or the trackpad on the MacBook because those things are just massive. Like battleships. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like the the keyboard, the trackpad on the big MacBook Pro is like the screen of an iPad Mini. It's it's huge. It's, again, not a deal breaker, but something that it feels a little cramped. And my guess is that that feels better on the twelve point nine. Yeah, I mean, I don't have those feelings about the trackpad, right? Like in using it for a week, like I don't feel like it's cramped. Like it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't bother me. But plus, I don't think I'm doing a a lot of big scrolling on the trackpad anyway. I, I do touch the screen still. Yeah. Sometimes. Mm. You really, you still do. I feel like I'm the opposite. Not a lot, but an, enough, right? Like I still, I do still do things on the screen. So I do too. I really have find my usage so far. I will use the trackpad, but then once I touch the screen, it's hard to stop. Right. So I have to reach up to do something or something that's just easier to do. Yeah, and and yeah. then it's like, then my hand doesn't come back to the trackpad for a while. It's like, Oh yeah, there's a trackpad down here. I think that will just take time. We're going against 10 years of experience, touching iPad screens, adding a trackpad to that. It's just going to take time to, to move. But I do like having the trackpad. It is so great for text editing. That was a big frustration for me always on the iPad, especially in 13. I really don't like the the, the new like text gestures. Yeah, it, that, those text gestures are a disaster. They like, really are. The, the, it, it, all of the touch-based changes for text selection for iOS 13 have just never stuck for me. But I can see what... I mean, it's easy to see now why they did it. They did it for this. But it just took longer than expected mm-hmm. to make those changes. Federico, do you disagree with that? Like at all about that the, the touch, like text selection is so much worse than 13 on iPadOS? The text selection is so much worse, especially because they got rid of the magnification loop when you're yep. select trying to select text and you don't see what you're actually selecting. And I still don't understand why that specific UI element had to go away. Like you could it still... Didn't. You can still select with one finger and make it, you know, have a new selection system without having to necessarily remove that UI element, which made text selection so much more accessible and easier to use. And also, the I just think that every day, I'm, like, I try to double tap or like select something, and something weird happens. Whether it's like whatever those shortcuts were that Craig Viterigi showed us, I can't ever get them to work. Right? Like they don't work for me. I can't do any of the like, oh, tap here to get this to so like it just none of them works for me. What I do that I actually do quite frequently is the tap with three finger on three fingers on screen mm-hmm. to make the copy and paste menu appear. Yeah. So yeah. that I use. That That's I do. the only I do. one. Th- that one I use. But the mm-hmm. other stuff with like swipe to the left and you undo and like like I even reviewed this stuff and I mentioned this. <laughs> I like you can actually <laughs> like you can actually cut copy and paste and undo and redo with gestures oh, and yeah. I just I just I never remember those. I have a section in my iOS 13 review with demos, like videos, and a list of all these gestures, and I have also forgotten about them yeah. completely. See, that's the bad thing. Like of the three of us, you have definitely used these things the most because you had to use them for the review, and you don't even remember them. Yeah, it's one of those things like gestures that are the argument that you know that they make that uh, it's fine if normal people don't 
discovered them because these are for power users. And I understand that it makes sense on, on a theoretical level. Where the the problem lies is that also power users are going to forget about them because there's no mm -hmm. visual affordance to them. Like it's just something that you need to remember. And I feel like it's a it's a it's a hard ask on people to say just remember this set of like six different gestures that you're never gonna actually see visually on screen you just gotta memorize them and i feel like especially if you're using the keyboard or if you have this visual element you're just gonna go you know what i'm just gonna use command v or i'm just gonna use the the arrow keys to select text or i'm just gonna tap with three fingers on screen and i'm gonna use the copy and paste buttons and that's it the problem is memorizing them and the problem is that any combination of multiple fingers in in a, in a precise gesture, like oh, swipe exactly to the left with two fingers, and you're gonna do this, but only if you're in a text field. I think those are those. So here's where I draw the line. Those gest those gestures are actually more difficult than the multitasking gestures that a lot of people complain about. I think it's actually easier. It, it is easier to use split view and slide over and drag and drop than the new gestures for cut, copy, and paste, undo, and redo. Especially when like they never even double down on it anyway, because I can still get the cut, copy, and paste thing to come up if I tap enough times. Right? Like the old little... It's hiding in there. It. Yeah. So like, I just don't really understand what the benefit of that was. But... but all the text selection stuff is amazing with the keyboard, and I really want Google to implement it so badly for Google Docs. Oh, because they're not supported in Google in, in any yeah. of the Google apps, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's on the list right after multiple windows. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Remember but, when that used to be in our follow-up? Uh-huh. We just stopped it because it wasn't funny anymore. It was just sad. No. I think they're more likely to implement the, the trackpad stuff than they are um, multiple windows. Well, they, just, they don't use standard text windows, so I just worry about that. Them having to re-implement it, basically. They've done it before. We had Eddie write into us with, I think, what is a perfect tweet after seeing... What did you say, Stephen, on Twitter? You were saying about how the 11 feels cramped and it probably wouldn't on the 12.9? Yep. So Eddie tweeted and said, uh, Stephen has second thoughts about the 12.9, orders it, realizes it's too big, goes back to the 11-inch. Mike and TG roast him on an episode for always doing this. I think this is going to happen. So, just to make sure, this has not happened yet, right? Well, I don't know. Who knows? Who could know? It is not. But it will happen. But it, it, it is going to happen, right? I expect I so. Think... No. No! At least in the next cycle, you'll do it. The 12.9 is too big for me, because I do use my iPad a fair bit, you know, for media stuff, like on the couch or, you know, reading a bed or something, and the 12.9 is just too big for that sort of thing. Hmm. The 11 is a nice size. Just to make sure this has not happened yet. No, it has not happened. But why does it feel like it has? <laughs> Are you lying to us? No, I'm Is not. this why I was feeling weird before the show? Is this something Hand that you're not on telling heart, us? There is not a 12.9-inch iPad in my house. Mm, okay. Or on the way to my house. <laughs> sure. Okay. We'll go with that. Okay. For now. Mike, what is new on your desk? So, stuff. So you remember stuff. on the last episode, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I referenced that like maybe a laptop stand could be a good thing to try out, right? Because the iPad is in essence a laptop. So instead of 
having to take off the magic keyboard case and put it into the stand that I was using and then, you know, keep doing that backwards and forwards every time to maybe now just use a laptop stand. Well, there's been many developments in the past week. So uh, I had, I've been suggested uh, from Thomas, listener Thomas, to try the Roost laptop stand, which is a very cool laptop stand because it's, it's like a plastic thing. It's strong, but it's also collapsible. So it's like good for traveling. And the height was pretty good, actually. Uh, it gets to like, it can elevate a screen to like 11 inches above a tabletop, which that was, I was pretty happy with that. It was pretty high. There was one problem with this stand, though. And you'll note it if you take a look at the picture that I put in the show notes that I tweeted. Because the angle doesn't go very far back on the iPad Pro and the Magic Keyboard, it doesn't go as far back as a laptop would, I had to elevate the front feet of the roost stand on another keyboard uh, just to give me the angle that I wanted. And then when I posted this um, picture, uh, I got somebody sent me, I'm going to find their name too. They sent me a link or like a photo of somebody using another stand and they found out the name of the one for me. Um, I can't find this person's name, but person out there who, who suggested the Nulexi stand that that this is it boys this thing is it's very serious um it's like this huge piece multiple pieces of aluminium on some incredibly stiff hinges but it is super super like adjustable and it can get up to 17 inches off of a desktop which is quite significant uh but like if you thought the hinges on the magic keyboard were well, it's tough. This thing is next level. Um, and wow. it really, like, I can get... It's very flexible because I can not only have it high, I can also have it close to me, hmm. right? So, like, sometimes in using these types of stands, and I found that with the roost stand, the higher you make it go, kind of the further the screen gets away from you just because of the way it was angled. But with this one, because it's got a couple of hinges, it's got, like, a big base plate, and then there's like a hinge on a piece of metal and then there's like a plate that goes on top that you put the laptop on that's also on a hinge. So you can really angle it a lot. You get a lot of flexibility over it. Um, and I, I, this is what I'm using right now. I'm, I'm really happy with this. Uh, I'll also just answer because people will ask. The keyboard that I'm using is called the Digma Rays keyboard and I'm using a Logitech trackball ergonomic mouse as well as a Magic Trackpad too. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. In the last product photo on Amazon for the new Lexi stand, why is the right hand of the man in the photo so much bigger than the left hand and so disproportionately huge compared to his head? That's what happens when you, uh, you, you by adjusting this stand, you significantly increase <laughs> your muscles in the right hand. And so that's why uh, the muscles of this guy's hand are so gotcha. significant. Okay. Got it. Uh, this thing looks like it's built like a tank, honestly. It 100% feels like it's built like a tank. Like, it, it really is a very strong thing. Mm. Uh, but... Does it I, fold? Like, can you do you actually close it when you're done working? I mean, I don't. I just okay. leave it. 
right? Like I sure. just leave it set because I what I do is this just allows me to pick up the magic keyboard. I take it into another room, like I can, and I am using my iPad outside of my office more now because I don't need to do the whole thing of like take it out of the clear look clamp stand, put it into the bridge keyboard. Yeah. Like I found that frustrating, so I would just come and sit in the office, but and do whatever I needed to do. But now all I got to do is just pick it up. Mm. which is what I and so I'm using the magic keyboard more this way than if I I think if I was using it with the clear look stand and taking it out of the stand putting right. it in taking because it it's out always the, on because it's always there right. and it's just easier for me to just pick it up and I have the the whole thing kind of kind of there and with me and in the way that I want it to be you should put something on the base of the stand you should put something there why well, I, I put like my phone there or something your phone works like a wireless charger. Maybe you could put in there. Hmm. I could put, yeah. I, but also, at some point, I want to get a USB C dock. So that's probably mm. where that will go. It was uh, K Crownsel on Instagram who gave me the the, the the tip for this thing. I think it's great. Uh, this is this is what I'm I'm all about. This one now. This is if you say, "Hey, Mike, what's your new iPad stand?" It's this one. So the new Luxie is the new clear, clear look stand. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Bye, this is bye. the one I'm going to use every day. RIP Clear Look. The clear look stand is great if you're just putting in, like, if you don't have the magic keyboard and you want to have your iPad at, like, eye level and you're using an external keyboard, which is what I recommend, especially for sitting at a desk for long periods of time. It's great for that. But I don't want to have to be dealing with all of that now. I just want it all, I just want to have to sit the laptop down, basically. So I treat my iPad like a laptop now. That's that's what my iPad is for most of the time. Very nice, very nice. If I had the space, I would actually buy this too. But I, my desk is very small. You've been here, you know. My desk is very mm-hmm. small. There's no room for that kind of stand. So just to clear up something in the chat room, when I'm talking about removing the iPad, I mean removing the iPad from the stand that I put it into. So like the clear look stand, it's like a bit of a hassle to get it in and out because it has to hold it, like clamp it on to the stand. Like obviously removing it from the magic keyboard is way easier than removing it from the bridge. But once it's in the stand, I don't have to get it out of the stand. And then when I want to put it back in the stand, put it back in the stand. And that's just like, it's just a frustration. This is way easier now for me to just sit it down. Um, and I'm really happy with the pass-through charging. That's great. Um, because now I get the, because I, I use a keyboard that connects via USB-C. So I can now just have that plugged in all the time. Although it's kind of funny, um, when I if I'm using my iPad and using the uh, the keyboard because mm-hmm. the keyboard needs power, the power will drain. Like if I leave my iPad idle, I'm using like um, I'm not using the big charger. I'm using the charger that comes with the iPad Pro, right? So it's a USB C charger, but it's like what like 18 watt or something. Yeah. If I leave it plugged in like it doesn't charge very fast it like basically just stabilizes because there's a power draw constantly which is the keyboard because it lights up but that makes me happy so you know choices yeah well the if if you're charging through the magic keyboard anyways it's rate limited exactly it's not as powerful yeah i noticed i was watching some stuff on netflix and when i was done basically the battery was the same the the charge through the yeah. keyboard case and the charge of watching netflix basically canceled each other out mm-hmm. which is interesting now this this looks good this stand looks like you could kill somebody with it um you 100 percent could it is 
because well, like it it's like weighted that you could put a 16 inch laptop on this yeah right so like it's it is basically which the, is what like, your ipad weighs the, now hey well it's like you know like the magic keyboard is super heavy to right. balance things mm-hmm. this thing is super heavy because it needs to balance everything right yeah does it is the plate that it sits on is that metal yes so does the keyboard like want to attach to that a little bit like is there any magnetic uh, pull? Have, no i've had none of that okay i didn't know if that was like a i hadn't even thought of that but no there's there, there's no magnetic interference going on okay i don't think it would hurt anything i was just, I was just curious yeah um, it's really adjustable this like you adjust the the angle on the foot the angle on the plate and then you can like extend it as well it's really very cool like i'm i'm very happy with this with this product good so I also wanted to mention that um, I've been adjusting to the Magic Keyboard. We mentioned last week that uh, one of the potential issues that I had with the keyboard was that my my fingers were touching the bottom edge of the iPad because of the floating design and the fact that the iPad is just floating on top of the number row of the Magic Keyboard. And for some reason, the way that I type and, and just move my hands, I was bumping into the bottom edge of, of the iPad's screen when using the Magic Keyboard. And I've noticed over the past week that that is happening way less way less often than before. So um, as I thought, as I hoped, I am adjusting to the Magic Keyboard. I'm, I'm changing the way that my hands are placed on the keyboard i guess so uh that that aspect has been improving uh, and i'm i'm very happy about this because as i mentioned this happened before with other ipad stands and keyboards um i was getting kind of concerned like the first couple of days using the magic keyboard but now it's fine i think all this stuff just takes adjusting to really yeah I yeah, noticed that the older the older I get, I need more time to adjust to new input devices. <laughs> it's, it's a weird, it's just like a weird quirk that yeah. I've learned about myself over time. Welcome to your forties, right? It's just like, oh, why does why does my knuckle hurt? It's like, oh, because I have like a new trackpad, so like I get like a weird pain in my hand for a couple of days, and then it's fine again. It's fine. It's fine again. All right, let's take a break, and then we're going to get into the iPhone SE a little bit. It's all follow up today, really. But it's also not all follow up. It's up I to mean, listeners to decide. It's also topics. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a jambalaya of stuff. A what? Jambalaya. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from Solar Winds. Today's internet users expect a fast web experience. No matter how good your content is or your marketing may be, they're going to leave if your website is loading too slowly. We've all experienced this, right? You get that spinner and you think, ah. I'll come back later, but they might not come back later, which is why you need real user monitoring from Pingdom. You can discover how website performance issues are affecting your visitors' experiences so you can take action before your business is impacted. How your visitors experience your website differs depending on the browser device and platform they use. So you want to identify how visitors are experiencing your website so you can make informed optimizations and deliver a great performance to those who matter most. Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, so it's built to scale, meaning you can monitor millions of page views without compromising historical data or breaking the bank in the process. Get live visitor insights today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Just go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use the code CONNECTED at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. 
Our thanks to Pingdom from Solar Winds for the support of the show and Relay FM. So my wife got her iPhone SE on Friday. I wanted her to join us today, but unfortunately that didn't work out with her schedule. Um, but we talked about it, and I have some some thoughts of hers to share. Uh, I will say that this is the first product red phone that I've ever had. We ever had in the house. It looks really good. The red is really really nice, and I like that the cover glass is black. You know, this was a change on the SE. It used to be that red phones and white phones, you know, they would get white cover glass above and below the screen. But this is black. I think it looks really good. She opted for a black leather case, so this thing just looks really awesome. You can just see, like, red sticking out the bottom and around the camera cut out. It looks really cool. That's nice. I bet that looks good. It does look good. Uh, one thing that uh, stands out a little bit to me is that the vibrate switch, you know, like on, on like my 11 Pro Max... It has a little orange line uh, to to note that it is in uh, vibrate mode, I guess. And on the red phone, it is orange and is really pretty hard to see. Uh, so I tried to like pinpoint when Apple changed this because with the iPhone 5C and other phones in the past, they would use a white line on the vibrate really? switch when it was hard to see the color. So my iPhone 5Cs. Huh. All use orange except for the pink one, and it used white because the orange and the pink were too close together. You can't really see the the line. So I don't know when this changed, but at some point since then, I guess they've just given up on this and using the same orange color uh, for for all the phones. Uh, and I will say just some real-time follow-up. The chat room says the iPhone 7, the red one, was red and white, but the iPhone 8 had red and black. So red and black is, has been used before apparently. But I don't know what the deal is with this vibrate switch. So that's just a little thing that I I noticed, but it, it led me down this this like thought quest about the switch on the side of the iPhone. It's been there since the very beginning to change your phone from uh, making noise to not making noise, and you can go into settings and tell if that does that mean vibrate or does that mean silent with no vibrate. But I just wonder like why the phone still has this. The iPhones don't have home buttons or headphone jacks anymore. And this button, this switch is not really found in the Android world. Most Android phones combine volume down with like vibrate and completely silent. You just keep turning the volume down and you move through those modes. Some phones have it, but not the big popular ones. Yeah, the the mainstream phones, Android phones, this has basically disappeared. I just wonder like why Apple keeps doing this. A company that like likes likes to get rid of switches and buttons, why has this lasted so long? Do you guys have any thoughts on why Apple views this? I think it's a very important physical switch. Like, if you go into a meeting and you don't want to get your phone out and you realize, oh, I need to check if it's on silent, there's no way to do it. Like, you can put your hand in your pocket, you can put your hand in your purse, and you can toggle it, right? Or you can feel that it's toggled, and you don't have to get the phone out, right? Or, like, if your phone starts making sounds, you have an easy way to stop it making sounds. Like, I think that it requires a physical toggle i think it's very important for that and i think that's why they wouldn't get rid of it because i would imagine that like this is a thing that everyone experiences in any kind of like work setting at least right yeah absolutely i think that is is definitely like the reason i just wonder if that's like a if that's the reason a gabble views that as big enough because it's still still here i like the switch too for all those reasons it's just I guess Apple really puts an importance on that. They have a lot. They have a lot of meetings. Uh, we still have. We still have 
uh, volume controls, physical volume controls. We still have a sleep-wake button, and all of those things are replicated in other ways now. Like, you can turn on the phone by lifting it or touching the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't do that with the SE, though, right? It doesn't have tap to wake. It is not. Which is, that uh, That would break my brain now, trying yep. to, to um, get my head Totally that. used to that. <laughs> But, and like the volume, it's all in control center, right? But they still have those because I think that those buttons are important, like the, the because people feel in their pockets or like they don't see and they act on enact on those actions. I think, that, I think they're important to have. I assume y'all's phones are always in silent or vibrate. What's your stance here? Always silent, no vibrate. No vibrate. No vibrate. Never. Why not? Look, I don't want. I don't want people to bother me. Are you an Apple? Do you have vibrate on your Apple Watch? Uh, yeah. Okay, so that's that's how you're getting notified. Yeah, I have an Apple Watch that vibrates. Yeah, but like, never any sound. Um, never vibrate on the phone. Only haptics on the watch. No sound on the watch either, of course. Yeah, sound on the um, watch is bad. No, no sound on the watch. Come on, come on, don't do that. That's bananas. And also, right? like you know, you know, like you know, my stance on receiving phone calls in the morning. I have blocked um, people in my uh, contact list who have tried to call me early in the morning before ten a.m. It's like if you call me before ten a.m., then you don't know me as a person. Like you don't deserve to be in my in my contact list if you call me. Like why would you call me on the phone before ten a.m. Yeah. Like without telling me beforehand, like two days in advance. Hey, I'm gonna call you. Like I'm not picking up. I don't want to. I don't want to have a phone call like at nine thirty. You know. Waking up and tomorrow. being concerned that something horrible happened, uh-huh. and it's just my random friend who wants to have a conversation in the morning. You want to have a conversation with me in the morning? Why would you even talk about breakfast? Like, Disgraceful. Yeah. So yeah, always on silent, never vibrate. Only optics, optics on the watch. That's hmm. the way of life. Mm-hmm. I, but also, I understand why some people have vibration and sound. I have vibrate on my phone. My watch is always on. Do not disturb. Which is basically opposite of how you used to live. <laughs> yes. Do not dis- do not disturb. Huh? Mm-hmm. No mm. notifications on my watch. I just don't want them. Well, people change. People change over time. I, my phone yeah. is is ninety nine percent of the time on vibrate, and I don't. Uh, I've tried it being completely silent before, but I find that if I'm out and about, I don't always notice the haptics on the watch, even if it's in like the strong haptics mode, and so. I tend to leave vibrate on on my phone almost all the time, especially like in the evenings I take my my watch off. I don't wear my watch overnight. And, you know, there's sometimes there's a window of time before I'm in bed. We're like, yeah, it would be good enough if someone called me and it was important. So I leave the vibrate on. I don't mind it. I do use do not disturb on my phone a bunch during the workday. You know, if we're recording or I'm on a conference call or something uh, so I can I can get rid of it then. Uh, my brother, though, leaves his phone silent, no vibrate, and doesn't wear a watch. So, like, if he's not looking at his phone when you call See, him, you got to leave respect, a voicemail. Respect for your brother. That's <laughs> the way to go. If I didn't wear a watch, I would also go with that. See, like, there are, like, emergency bypass exists for a reason, right? Something horrible happens, you can enable that. You can have emergency bypass, and if, like, mom needs to call you and she calls you, like, three times in a row, it's going to ring, it's going to vibrate, whatever. Like, we have enough disturbances in our lives. We don't need our, our phones. Wait, does emergency bypass ring loud? Yeah, it does, I think. 
I thought it was just to break through Do Not Disturb. Yeah, Sylvia has it, I think. I don't, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, So if there's an emergency, call her. No, I mean, look, if something horrible happens at night, right? Mm. And I'm in another town and I'm in lockdown. I mean, also when I'm not in lockdown, but I'm yeah, like in another town. Like, what, what, what am I going to do, right? Like, if something horrible has happened, it has happened, right? There's nothing I can do about it. Wow. No, I mean, you know, I'm going to see the message when I wake up and I'm going to drive. Like, I'm t- almost two hours away from my parents, right? So, like, what am I supposed to do? And also, I live with my girlfriend. And I I don't want to say that I don't care about anyone else. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't think there's anybody else that is going to call me for an emergency. Like, I don't have any brothers. I don't have any sisters. I don't have any cousins or whatever. It's, like, literally just my mom. And I live with my girlfriend and my two dogs. And my girlfriend has emergency bypass. So her side of the family is taken care of. But like, what else am I supposed to do? Right? So I'm just going to wake up and see the message. Maybe I'm a horrible person. Maybe I just respect my sleep schedule. Or try to. As much as possible. Hmm. Okay. So, Interesting. Yeah. We're all learning a lot today. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen this thing about the haptic touch notifications on the iPhone SE? So, so yeah, 3D touch is gone on this phone. It's totally dead. Apple just doesn't want us to think about that it ever happened, mm-hmm. which is like a whole weird thing on its own, right? Like this major feature on the iPhone 6S and it's gone four years later. It's like, ah, it didn't pan out. This was an issue with on the 10R because, you know, the 10R had haptic touch. It was not there. So you couldn't, you couldn't, haptic touch on notifications and deal with them you had to do all this swiping around and it's fixed now you know the 11 pro i can haptic touch on notifications do what i want to do but it's not present on the se matt panzerino says that's working as intended and not a bug and so there's that like if this is true that it's like this is how we want it to be why under like why how is that useful for anybody so this this phone has haptic touch, right? Yes. Like this. Yes. Yeah, this looks like a bug. Like why wouldn't why wouldn't it have haptic touch for notifications? Well, it this that's it. Seems like a bug, right? But it, it seems like Matthew Panzerino has spoken to somebody at Apple who's told him it's not. Yeah, but why? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like I believe that they have spoken, but they're still wrong about it. <laughs> like you can have a conversation and be wrong about something. Um this is like why wouldn't it support haptic for expanding notification? All it does is it like brings up the th- like just expands the notification but doesn't show you the information, right? So you just see the full text of the notification, but that's no you that's not what you want, right? So like if I got a message from you, I would just see the uh, snippet that it shows in preview. Yeah, well, I don't know. It, it may not be a bug, but it's a buggy opinion for sure to have that it's this shouldn't support it's just wrong well, why wouldn't it there's a there's a taptic engine inside the phone there's the os is the same and yes notifi- uh, interactions are different because one phone has a home button and the others don't still though the ui element notifications are exactly the same yeah especially because when you swipe to the side and you press the view button you get the full preview so it's not like it's a screen size it is, problem. Even. It is literally the same interface and design. Yep. One phone has a home button and the other doesn't, but that doesn't change. It doesn't like it doesn't change how you deal with notifications. And the phone 
is capable of playing haptic feedback. So this is wrong and it should be fixed. There's Agreed. nothing else to say about this. Yeah, like if this was a choice that Apple made, they made the wrong choice. <laughs> yes, like this, this isn't, this is there a, is no benefit. I understand you may have made this decision and you were wrong about it. Yeah, it's okay. It's it can okay. all be wrong, there's but no, fix it. There's no big philo- philosophical reason why this should be this way on the SE. Mm-hmm. So I could, like, if you told me, well, the SE doesn't, doesn't have haptic feedback and then of course you wouldn't support it um because you can make the argument that and by the way we are sure that the se plays haptics right yes it does it does okay so like i would have understood if like the argument was well it's weird to long press if the phone doesn't doesn't play haptic feedback for you that i could have maybe sort of accepted but uh, with the current specs like if it's got a taptic engine inside it should absolutely support expanding notifications with haptic touch mm-hmm. and so yeah yeah it's weird and it, it's a shame because the rest of this phone is really solid she's really happy with the camera she loves that it's the same size and touch id and it's just it's a great value and it's like why did y'all mess this up like if she hasn't noticed it yet coming from an eight and I'm, I'm, i don't know if she just uses notifications that way or not but I would bet money that Apple turns this on at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think they've got to. For sure. Yeah, they have to. Like, there's literally no reason why it shouldn't be supported. Mm -hmm. Like, you look at this without having the context of Panzerino and the tweets and the conversation, and you just go like, yeah, this is a bug. Like, it's so obvious. As uh, Koshakji has pointed out in the chat, like you can long press on the iPad and get this, and that has no haptics. Also, very good point. So there you go. So there you go. It's a very solid point. There's no reasoning. There is no reasoning. They just, for whatever reason, it's not there, but there's no good reason for it. Maybe the context of the conversation was, it's not a bug, and what was omitted from that tweet was, somebody forgot to implement it. Maybe that was the, <laughs> the other part of the sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, so working as intended, comma, <laughs> but we did it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we, in, we intended to ship it this way, but didn't think about this feature. Yeah, yeah. So it'll it'll be added at some point, yeah. I'm sure. I wonder if it's in the thirteen five beta. I guess we'll find out soon enough. Don't put a beta on your No, 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 that's okay. not what I meant. I meant that someone in the world will find out, not no, Okay. No, no, no. no so no. somebody but not you. No, usually mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what it was. It was maybe iOS eleven or ten. Several years ago I put iOS space in my wife's phone like day one. Not the beta one, it's the public release. And it was really, really bad. And so now I usually wait like a week for her. It's like, okay, we're going to upgrade your watch and your phone and everything all, all at once, you know, after a little while. She's the opposite of me. I'm going to sell the beta, you know, in August. She, yeah. doesn't, she doesn't need to, to deal with that. No. All right, let's take our final break and talk about our sponsor, StoryWorth. It is the easiest way to share your family stories. Can I just be honest? Finding the perfect Mother's Day gift is tricky, especially if you can't celebrate together in person, the boat that most of us are in. You know, Mother's Day for us, we cook out, we hang out, we have this big thing, and uh, we're going to miss that this year. But there are still fun and meaningful ways to engage with family members, and StoryWorth is a great example. It's an online service that helps your loved ones share the most interesting stories about their lives. 
So this is how it works. Every week, StoryWorth emails your family member different story prompts with these great questions that you would never think of yourself. Like, what have been some of your life's greatest surprises? What are some of the riskiest things you've ever done? It is fantastic, and I'll promise you, you can learn a whole lot about your family members through this. These, these sometimes conversations are kind of weird to have in person, but if they're just writing them down, uh, it's great. And I've, I've enjoyed doing this in the past with family members. After a year, StoryWorth will compile every answered question, plus a photo, to include in a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free. So get your mom a meaningful gift this year with StoryWorth. Give your mom a meaningful gift this year with StoryWorth. Get started right away without the need for shipping by going to storyworth.com slash connected where you'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash connected for $10 off. Our thanks to StoryWorth for their support of the show and all of Relay FM. So WBC is coming at some point. Yeah, I was looking at my calendar today. I'm realized that we're kind of in the which calendar which calendar app do you use, Mike? Fantastic Cal. I like it. Yes, I subscribe to it. Yes, I'm happy to do so. I use that app like twenty times a day. I just I just love putting you on the spot like that. I, I can't help myself. I don't feel like I'm on the spot. What task manager are you using, Big Task Boy? You changed again this week or are you I don't don't put me on the spot. That's so rude uh, of you. <laughs> I put people on the spot. I don't get put on the spot. <laughs> are you Using Remember the Milk? Yes. Uh, I'm back to RTM, as yes. we all say, amongst the community. fellow other RT- RTM users. Other know milksters. What I'm about. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> um, gonna, yeah. okay. Got a shout out for the milksters in the chat. <laughs> Any milksters in the chat? <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking at my calendar today and realized that we're like we're in the splash zone for WWDC. We're like we're like we're somewhere between like four to eight weeks away, uh, which is really the the window that we're in right now, which is kind of hilarious. But I don't know about you boys, but I'm realizing quickly that this is going to be unprecedented. We have no idea what to expect, right? Like. WWDC has never happened like this before. We don't know what Apple is going to have for us at that time. We don't know how big the news is going to be. We don't know if they're going to maybe kind of just brush this year off a little bit. Like the scope for this year is massive because it's um, there's so many so many things that we would expect to be a given that aren't right. Like we don't have any detail. So I was wondering. If or what you two are doing to prepare for this, uh, I would expect Federico is the one that probably has to think about this the most of the three of us, because mm-hmm. uh, assuming you are going to be reviewing whatever version of iOS ships this year, this is a question, a sub question. Do you have a baseline for what you would review? Oh, what do you mean a baseline? Like how much of an iOS update does it have to be like what if they only if they didn't do a lot like if they were like we're gonna chill this year oh well i'm then i'm gonna chill too and my review yeah, is gonna be okay. chill <laughs> but like imagine just, if there was an ios 14 right. but it really didn't have a lot in it like do you have like an internal 
baseline for what you do you, do you think that you would at least look at it and be like ah it's, that's not enough to write a review about or would you always do it regardless I will I will always do it regardless because right. it, it, like it needs to it needs to happen um, so that I will do no matter what if it's like literally just a bunch of updates then I will do an article that says look this is just a bunch of fixes and yeah. it's like five five hundred words I don't think it's gonna happen I don't think they can afford to do that. So I think I'm still going to be in a pretty good spot in terms of like, there are going to be some features I can write about. There are going to be some changes that I can cover. Um, but if that have ever happens, like if it's like a Snow Leopard release with like 500 bug fixes, I will try my best to cover at least 200 of them. And because the other 300 are likely going to be boring. So um, so I'm thinking about this a lot, of course, uh, to answer your first question. I'm thinking about this a lot in terms of like, wh what's it going to be like? What can I do? How can I prepare? And basically what, what I'm thinking at the moment is that looking back at last year, I think readers really appreciated the fact that for the first time, we had a, a series of articles on Mac stories in the summer covering certain features of iOS 13 that I was not going to cover in my review. So things like um, family sharing, I believe, and, and Apple Maps, um, changes in ARKit, I believe, accessibility. And in thinking about what am I going to do this year, considering how the review went in September, we are going to continue this approach and we are actually going to expand this kind of coverage in the summer. Uh, so to have standalone stories and and. Um, guides if necessary, but like to break out some features from the main review in a way that we have content coming to the site in the summer, especially in the months of July and August when it tends to be a little quieter, and also to help me make sure that I don't have to cover every single feature in my review, especially those features that tend to be, for example, exclusive to the United States at first, or that maybe I'm just not that excited about. So that we're going to continue. Um, the second thought that I, that, I'm, that I have at the moment is, because we don't have any frame of reference in terms of what, what is this uh, event going to be like, in terms of like the actual experience of WWDC from home, as, a, as somebody who, you know, goes to the conference every year, I know that it's going to be super different. But also, I don't think it'll be... I don't think Apple wants wants to make it like a small thing, like a, like a more... I think Apple wants to make it an event. I think Apple wants to, to give it a sense of participation and audience involvement. I think they want it to be a big deal, even if it's going to be different from usual. And so we... The, the thought that I have is we are also going to make it a big deal and trying to make it an event for the full week. Assuming it's going to be a full week, I believe so. But we're also going to make it an event as much as possible. So try to not be sad about the fact that there's no real WWDC, but still going to cover, you know, maybe the, maybe the sessions um, in addition to the keynote, in addition to the State of the Union. Try and make it, you know, an actual thing that people can follow over the course of the week. Uh, I'm also considering how I can do a better job at acknowledging the fact that despite my best intentions, people are going to install the beta, right, in the summer. And for many, year, for many years, uh, I've held back on sharing opinions and thoughts and maybe even shortcuts, for example, in the summer, saving them for September 
to have this big splash, right? Uh, with my review. And I'm still going to do that because, you know, so much of our, uh, of, of the fall season at Mac Stories revolves around mm-hmm. this big review. But also, I think I should be more proactive in sharing some thoughts and shortcuts and th- just things about the new uh, OS release in the summer. I don't want to just disappear. And I think I've done a better job at this, honestly, in the past, especially in the past couple of years. But I want to do more. Like, it's fine if I share an article in August instead of waiting for September because I still, I'm still going to have content in September. That's not going to be an issue. And especially with shortcuts. Like, I see all these people sharing shortcuts in advance. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not supposed to share these shortcuts in July because I got to wait for September. And I don't want to do that anymore because I know that my members and my readers are going to install the beta anyway. And so I'm like, why am I imposing this deadline on myself or like this obligation not to share beta stuff because I need to wait for September, whatever. Members and readers are using the beta and I should just acknowledge that and give them you know, some beta content in the summer because it's fine. So you're expecting to to, to share, a l- to like open the door a little bit more than you normally yeah. would? Yeah, that's that's what I'm planning to do, honestly, because... Is that you or Mac Stories? Both. Both. Or both? Yeah, both. yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to make sure that, especially now that we have public betas, right? So many more people install the beta on their primary devices uh, than before, especially when it, when it's like late July and August, well, I'm not saying that the beta is, is finished, but it's in a relatively more advanced stage compared to like the first week of June. Um, lastly, I I want to see, and this is more like speaking strictly about the review and my process, uh, I want to see if I can do a better job at organizing my research material for the review. So the writing part, I'm pretty much set in IA Writer. I really love that text editor and i know that ulysses is coming out soon with some pretty big changes for organizing your research material inside ulysses um but i really depend on ia writer because of the custom template uh feature that they have so i can preview my re my stories in ia writer exactly as they will look on the site so the custom preview stuff that they do that is really vital to the way that I that I want to see how my stories turn out, visually speaking. But I'm, I am dissatisfied at the moment with the with the setup that I have for organizing research material. And I need to blame Mr. Stephen Hackett for making me second guess yes. my setup. Because yes. in, tomo- in tomorrow's installment of the Club Max Stories monthly log newsletter, Stephen will share... Uh, and uh, uh, as a post about DevonThink and as a screenshot of his DevonThink setup. And looking at that screenshot has made me really jealous of Steven in a good way. Uh, I, I don't have any negative feelings for you, Steven, uh, but oh. just jealous on a, on a geeky level, sure. if you know what I mean. Like, that looks super hot, honestly. Jealousy that- doesn't have to be negativity i think if you're jealous of something for someone that can actually be a, a positive thing yeah there for needs them. to be a, a better word of it yeah you and know? not envy no there is no good no, word there's no good word like jealous in a good way i don't know uh but like i i look at that sidebar that steven has in devon think and I'm like yeah that that is super nice and like over the past couple of years i've so research material what do i mean um 
I have a couple of PDF documents that I that I need to study every year um, for iOS and iPadOS. And of course, there's a whole documentation website on on the on the Apple Developer portal. Uh, so API stuff, framework stuff, and I have a lot of questions at the moment. Basically, do I want to also save those web pages as PDF documents, or do I want to save them as web archives? And I'm currently looking at a bunch of apps, right? Raindrop, which is the app that I regularly use for my personal bookmarks. So like Pokemon stuff, Nintendo stuff, um, music that I want to buy online or restaurants I want to go to, like actual bookmarks. Also has support for archiving web pages offline and also lets me upload PDF documents, but it does not let me uh, annotate those documents in any way. DevonThink, of course, is, is an option. Um, DevonThink 3 is the latest version on the Mac, but the iOS version and the iPadOS version is a little bit behind compared to the Mac app. I know that the, the, the DevonThink developers have said that the iOS client is a, is a priority in 2020. Yeah. So, and I know that I'm on the test flight for DevonThink, and I have noticed that lately they have increased like the the just like the features and the fixes that they're bringing to the iOS and iPadOS version. So maybe DevonThink could be an option. I still love Apple Notes also, like just for taking notes and like organizing like text-based notes, but it doesn't necessarily behave that well for web archives or PDF documents. Those are basically attachments and you cannot search them. There's a uh, Keep It, which is another sort of Devon Think-like application. Keep It is actually uh, as feature parity between the Mac and an iPadOS version and an iPhone version. But every time I test Keep It, I always run into some kind of weird sync issue or like visual glitch or like some other technical problem that uh, every time I look at the app and I'm like, I really want to use it but the experience is not that polished for me. Yep, same. And finally, there's this new app called Highlights, which we reviewed on Mac Stories a couple of weeks ago. It's a PDF research tool that looks really good and, and is uh, designed for like academics and students. People really need to take a lot of notes and annotate PDF documents specifically. And Highlights is interesting because it has a... Uh, integration with a bunch of third-party apps like Bear and Apple Notes and DevonThink and I believe also OmniFocus to let you export um, those highlights to external apps. So basically, I'm asking myself a lot of questions at the moment because the writing part is set and I love my my current setup in IA Writer. Uh, storing screenshots, I'm also set. I use iCloud Drive. I have a whole... Um, set up with scriptable and shortcuts and that works beautifully but storing research material i'm really i really don't know what to do at the moment and i guess my main question is should i go back to DevonThink, even though the ios and iPadOS version is very much behind the mac version but given what the DevonThink developers have said, and given what I'm seeing in the, in the test flight, is this maybe a good investment for the future based on where things are going? But that leads me to a second question of, if I use DevonThink 
am I going to use it strictly for work stuff? And I'm st- am I still going to be using Raindrop for personal bookmarks? Like, I don't want to be in a situation where in Devon Think I have both my Pokemon links and, you know, a detailed explanation of the latest APIs in iOS 14. Right. Like, I want to make them separate. So I think, and maybe, Stephen, you can talk me out of this or you can talk me into this, I'm leaning toward using Raindrop for personal bookmarks and just random stuff from the web and embracing DevonThink for an archive of research material for each version of iOS and actually rebuilding my entire database of I have I believe I have documentation uh, stuff laying around since going back to the days of iOS 9. So maybe I should do that. I don't know. I th- I think you should do it and I think you really should have strong boundaries around what goes into Devon Think. So mine is computer history stuff, right? And anything that's not that goes in Apple Notes or or somewhere else. And the, I mean the beauty of it is that you can search across all of it really quickly. So say that you just say that iOS 14 changes some API and you wanted to look over like, well, well, where has that been over the last few years? You could quickly pull that together and the search is why I'm there because it is so, so good. And because it's an island, right? It's just my computer history stuff. This is not in Finder. It's not on Dropbox. It is in Devon Think. And I really like that I have this research tool when I need it, and when I don't need it, I can just you know close the app, and it's not in my face all the time. So I've been really happy with that separation, and I, th- I think you would be too. I think you should look into this. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm probably going to be using this. So most likely, most likely, we're looking at a combination of uh, the following apps: um, IA Writer for just writing the review, Apple Notes for taking text notes, uh, and Devon Think to store PDF documents and web archives, most likely PDF documents, because then I can annotate them and highlight stuff. Uh, I don't think you can highlight anything on a web archive. Um, And also MindNode for my mind map, because I'm not using iThoughts anymore, I'm using MindNode, um, which also works nicely with with external displays and and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be spending like like a weekend recollecting all the documentation that I have for older version of versions of iOS and throwing everything together in Dev and Think. Because like the search in Dev and Think, as you mentioned, is really good. And you can do some crazy things with the search operators. Like I, I remember they have this uh, advanced search operator called the near operator. And that basically allows you to like search for a word that is near another word. And you can actually uh, tweak the uh, number of words that should be in the proximity of each other. So, like, I want to search for this for like the word "hackett," but it needs to be within one word of the word I don't know, uh, Mac or Stephen, for example. <laughs> so, like, that allows you to really to really nail down something that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe I don't know. I just wish the iOS version was better. Yeah, it's it's more. pretty rough. Uh, for me this just makes me wish that I had a team of people (laughs) so I could like I wish I had a John and a Ryan be like go write these things but I don't Uh, for me I'm going to really look Federico what you're looking at doing of trickling stuff out over the summer and fall I did some of that I wrote about dark mode uh, in advance 
uh, before that was a thing a couple years ago. And I think I did, I don't know if I did anything in Catalina or not in advance, but I want to find smaller topics that I can write about and then just refer to in, in my Mac OS review, which I do plan on, on doing again this year. For me though, it's all about the, the time that I get for it. And so it will be, it'll be, uh, you know, more in line with what I've done in the past. I don't think I'm really looking to expand the format of my, of my review. I am really hoping that it is a small year for Mac OS. Like I'm on the train that they shouldn't have a release every year anyways. And until that comes true, I think it'll be, I think it'll be pretty, pretty small. I think the the possible wrench in the works for me is if we see an official plan from Apple about the transition to ARM, if that, if that begins mm. this summer, you know, that really could change what I do or, or, you know, there's a lot of unknowns around that, right? Like, oh, what if there's like a developer hardware? Well, I have a developer account. I would try to get my hands on that hardware, but that comes with a different NDA than just like what they talk about in the session. So that is really sort of the thing I'm looking out for that could really complicate the rest of my summer and fall of is ARM happening. But short of that, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Mac OS and kind of getting into it piece by piece as the year unfolds. Mike, what are you planning for your TVOS review? Oh, I'm going to like get some review TV hardware and uh, just like three TVs going at once. One in dark mode, one in light mode, you know, so I can make sure I get all my screenshots and stuff. And then there'll be sure. one which is like my personal TV because, you, you know, you don't want to mess all that up. Right, you don't want to get your TV all messed up. So sure, yeah, really like thinking about you know like do I want to do I want to transition away from a stack of paper notebooks this year to Apple right. Notes for all my research, you know, right. and uh, right. you know thinking about like setting up a Plex server to download all the TVOS sessions so I can watch them on the TV sure. in picture in picture mode. Probably sure. you should ask exists. Casey about it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. Mm -hmm. So really look at, you know, like this year, it's probably, you know, of all the platforms, I expect tvOS to get like real solid attention uh, in the priority list uh, for this year. So really looking forward to the tvOS review. Can't wait. Can't wait to do it. Very nice. Me too. No, I'm not doing anything. I am wondering like what, what, like, you know, for me, it's just like planning out podcast related stuff over that period of time and what i'm likely to cover because i will have more time during whatever wwdc is than i normally do and i'm not sure yeah. if i'm gonna want to consume session related content and stuff like that like i just i feel like i will have the opportunity to do things differently than normal and i'm just still wondering myself like what is that going to look like like i, I i'm i'm just intrigued really you know and it's one of those things where like like everyone who is in the media and then also like everyone who cares about following the news i just really hope that apple give us a little bit of an idea to what they want to do in advance of it happening. You know, mm. like that there will be an email or an update to the WWDC webpage like a week or two at least yeah. before yeah. it begins stating not only when they plan to do things, but what they're actually doing, right? Like 
will there be sessions like will there be labs like will there be keynotes what are they what's it all going to look like you know, i just hope that they share some of that stuff in advance right so so people can can plan because it's not just the media here that need to plan right like developers who have jobs that do not have the luxury now of of traveling like they will be expected to be working right like i can imagine if you're able to get your company to pay to fly you out they're expecting you go to the conference i bet it is way harder to get to convince people to give you the time right now like just give me a week like no you work for a week <laughs> right like i can imagine it's a, a little bit trickier I, I i wonder what what how that's kind of going down with companies but yeah i i, I am keen to see how it's all going to pan out and i hope that we get a little bit of uh a little bit of advance notice yeah that's a very good point also yeah i really i really hope that despite the fact there's not going to be an event like this still should do like i don't know some kind of keynote you know like invitations for the press somehow not in the like in the physical sense like i don't expect them to, to they will do invite. it they'll, they'll be like oh the keynote's gonna be a lot of right they'll, they'll send that out to the press for sure but it's all remote, right? And maybe if you... Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, see you online. <laughs> yeah, so, something like that. Apple yeah. Zoom. Who's our Zoom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a brave new world, and uh, we'll just see how it goes. But I I think it'll be interesting to see how they... Not only, like, what they do, but how well it goes, right? Will the, will the feeling in the developer community be that, wow, this was great, uh, we don't need in-person stuff or is the feeling going to be wow this really this wasn't as good as it is in person like, I, I feel like there will be an overall feeling in the community about it i just don't know where what that's going to be time will tell i think that does it mm-hmm. if you want to find links to stuff we spoke about head on over to our website relay.fm slash connected slash 292 while you're there you can send us an email with feedback or follow-up you can become a member and support Connected directly, which we would appreciate. Of course, you can find us all on Twitter. You can find Mike there as I-M-Y-K-E. Mike is the host of a whole bunch of shows, including Backstage, if you're a Relay FM member. You can find Federico online as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. He's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Uh, Federico, we didn't get to say anything, but you guys have something new coming on Friday. Yeah, we announced today a new Mac Stories podcast. It's called Mac Stories Unwind. And it's basically going to be every Friday, 20 minutes or so, a recap of the week. So everything that we've done at Mac Stories, App Stories, and Club Mac Stories. So like a guide to everything that we've done. And in the second half of the show, uh, it, it's right there in the title, uh, Media Recommendations to Unwind and Relax Over the Weekend. So... We thought that you know this would be a good time for all of us to maybe find distractions and and find you know maybe a great new TV show or a great new video game or book or article from the web or whatever anything is fine uh, just something to pass the time and and relax and unwind over the weekend. Will you be drinking wine during that show? I feel uh, like you should be. Maybe, uh, but I don't want to be like one of those shows where they begin and every time they're like, "I'm Federico and I'm drinking this." It's like, mm. no, don't just... you don't need to do that. But like, I feel like it's it's required. The show is called Unwind, right? Yeah. Like I, either that or you very... need to wear a robe. 
It's a very or be in well, the bath. Both or be in the bath. Things I may be already doing, and you just don't know about it. Just, well, no, because whenever you do have wine, you can't help but tell us that you have <laughs> that's it. Also very, that's also very true. That's <laughs> right? also very true. Boys, I'm drinking wine. That's usually how the call begins when uh, Federico has wine. You do know me. You do know me. Mm. So, yeah, I just think you, you got to, or at least, I, you know what? I'm very intrigued about the music for this show. Just, I haven't listened to the trailer yet. Does the trailer have the music? It does. But it's okay. a, it's, a, it's actually a very simple sound effect. It's kind of newsy. Mm. If, mm. If now, you sense. see, I want something that like... Yeah. Relaxing. Eases me into the vibe, you know? It's like some saxophone <laughs> like, music or something. Uh, yes. Well, I don't want to put you too much in the vibe, otherwise you're going to stop listening and do something else. Yeah. No, so. no, I'll be more likely to listen because I film unwinding. What else am I doing? I don't... No, see, I've listened to it. That's not unwindy enough for me, Federico. Uh, I need something that's like bringing me down. Okay, look, we are going to look into uh, commissioning, <laughs> commissioning some unwindy... Music for the second segment of the show. But when it's time to unwind, we're going to play. Oh, the, the, right. Because if we've got business at the right. front, unwinding it's, at the back. Right. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like the mullet of podcasts, basically. Well, kind of. <laughs> Mullets are not really known for unwinding, uh, but, you know, we can go with that. We will look into proper music for unwinding in the second half of the show. Excellent. Thank you. You can find me on Twitter as ISMH. <laughs> and uh, you can find uh, me at 512pixels.net. 512pixels on YouTube. Uh, I should say, while we're teasing things, Uh-oh. the chat room has suggested I do a video identifying dongles by touch with blindfolded. Yeah. Let's just say that's coming next week. So nice. Keep an eye out for that. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week. They are StoryWorth, Pingdom, and SaneBox. Until next time, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Adios.